The Walk the Mile podcast is produced on Gadigal land. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which Skeg Starlinghurst stands, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. May our reconciliation be an ongoing process of love and compassion. Hello everyone, I'm Gary Lee Lindsay, school chaplain at Skeggs Darlinghurst, and you're listening to Walk the Mile, a podcast that opens up conversations that we need to have. Hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of Walk the Mile. Hope you're all doing well. Today we uh, have the company of someone who, how long have you been here for, Prue? About 15 years. 15 years. There you go. Someone who you might not necessarily find in a lot of schools, but uh, I think they're becoming more popular. Would that be right? Yes, right. right. Lots of the independent schools and and some of the public schools. Some of the public schools as well. Mm. Well, this is Prue Heath and Prue is our school archivist. The school, ar- how do you say, archivist, archivist? I say archivist. You say archivist. You can say archivist if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So I'll say, I'll try and say archivist for, for the record. So in terms of what you do, Prue, how would you, how would you describe in terms of an archivist? What does an archivist do? Generally, a, an archivist will look after the records of a business or an institution and, um, but within a school, most of the school archivists find themselves doing, sort of having to be a bit of a jack of all trades. So right. I do look after the school records, but I also have to work a little bit like a curator, museum curator, and be able to put on displays and tell stories through photos and objects, and and also to be a historian and to be able to research questions or aspects that, you know, for the displays right. or for inquiries that come in from right. either the school or outside so it's a sort of a, a very varied job and yeah. I had to learn some of those skills right I certainly um putting on uniform parades wasn't part of the archivist <laughs> course <laughs> and so how did how what was the archivist course what how did you get there what did you study um I decided to retrain when I had children well sort of late primary age children and I was a bit of a loss of getting back to my old career. And a friend of mine said, look, you've always loved books. Why don't you do librarian? Right. And so I thought, well, that's a good idea. But actually, what I'd really like to do is be an archivist because I had a friend who was one. I thought, well, that looks really interesting. So I just did a course through Monash University. And um, what was your previous career? Previously, I'd worked in IT as a computer programmer, right. systems analyst. And strangely, it kind of has a synergy with archives because... Back in you know in the dark ages when I was working as a computer programmer, we were actually um, really turning manual information systems into digital. Digital, right? Whereas, really, when you have to analyze business records, you've really got to understand. You know, it is still an information system, yeah. Even though it's on paper, and so it's a useful skill to be able to have right. that analysis. And have you always? 
like as a kid, did you enjoy history? Do you enjoy collecting things? Do you <laughs> enjoy? So. You have. Yes, I'm afraid so. I always did. I liked it. I sort of had two older sisters, and one was quite scientific, and the other was quite English history. And right. So I kind of got to like both of things, mm-hmm. and um, and I grew up in the country, and people always had sheds full of old equipment, you know, like. Right. Horse, horse equipment or you know from because yeah. nobody had garbage collection or anything like that so I don't know I always did find that kind of thing interesting right. and um, and people's stories and but I never felt very confident as a writer so I went down more the science path when I left university and I never would have expected that I could have ended up in a job where I had to write and do the things I yeah and people's stories you just mentioned people's stories mm. so a lot of the the things maybe that you collected or that you yeah. explored or discovered when you were younger. Did you get many of those stories through those things? Did you, were you, like, was that part of the attraction where you, you learned about history or individuals' history through different objects? Sometimes, yes. So sometimes, so I can remember my parents moved to Orange from the city and my grandfather was a, was a, a doctor and I used to have a little box that sort of kept treasures in and one of them was um, he'd given her my mother a thing to cut out a snake bite wow. and it had a tiny you know it was a dear little wooden thing and it had Epsom salts or something at one end and um, this little knife and at the other end that was I don't think that would be the recommended treatment now right but you know I did always like that kind of thing or just talking to people and hearing their stories yeah so. right and so doing this now like being the archivist at Skeggs are you finding out more and more about people's stories through the work that you do, or is it more collecting things to keep records? Oh, I, it's a bit of both, but it's really the really enjoyable bit is the stories. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's nice. I'd quite like to get everything efficiently organised to mm. do with the school, but but if you can, I mean, how can I put it? The collection. It's not full of valuable objects. It's full of very humble everyday objects mm. or humble everyday photos. So it's the stories that bring those to life. Sure, sure. What What are some of the more interesting stories? Do you think? <laughs> um, my, 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 I'm afraid mine the ones I find are very humble, really. But um, something that you always oh, remember, like it's it's fresh there all the time. The story you could tell about the school that, from the archives. Well, not necessarily about the uh, about the school so much, but just changing times. Like Helen Molesworth was an old girl who was here probably in the thirties, I think thirties mm-hmm. or forties, and she gave me a little silver disc that she used to wear as a bracelet with her name and address on it. And as a little five-year-old girl, she would get on the bus and would show the bus driver where she had to get off based on that oh, silver right. disc. Wow. And you think. That wouldn't happen today, would yeah, it? That a, no. A little girl would. No. Well, you'd have all. That's right. Have yeah, all different it, bus drivers. Yeah, it, just and wouldn't, <laughs> it just wouldn't happen. Or um, when I first came here, I remember somebody rang up from Mole Village, which is a Anglican retirement yep. home, and it was the lady who ran the jumble sale, and she um, had a couple of Skeggs cups that were from early, you know, maybe the nineteen twenties, and I thought. Somebody has had those cups and taken them all the way to their aged care. Yeah, um, right. The affirmation you get from 
the little things that happen that are good to you at school. Yeah. I always think. So know, these are like trophies. You trophies, mean? Yeah, yeah, little sporting trophies that went with that woman her entire life, presumably. Yeah. And so, I mean, I know that's not very exciting about skills. No, but, but it it's means... how much it reveals about how school's important to people. Yeah, that's right. And I guess having an archivist, it's, it's shows that the school is important to people that the records are important to people. How, what sort of things do people want to know if they're looking for... If you're keeping records, like what's the point of keeping certain records, do you think? So, um, and what sort of things do you keep or what things don't you keep? Oh, OK. So, well, we obviously keep the sort of official school records, like student records and staff records, and publications. And then old girls have been terrific about donating things like photographs yep. and maybe their old student work or um, uh, you know things that was maybe meaningful to them in some way you know particularly with schoolwork um, and then it's often not they just want it somewhere safe for it to go we mm -hmm. can't take everything yeah but then um, today we would have I would have had a request from somebody who's seen that his grandmother has donated a photo album to the school so often right. it's grandchildren Right. would like to see or children that would like to see something and particularly I find it's when there's been a disconnect within a family right. so maybe their mother died when they were quite young so or they've um, moved around all their life and they've lost records of their yeah, right. their mother or grandmother and would like to know what sort of person she was wow. and so a school is somewhere that they might come to for that wow mm. I find that pretty amazing yeah. though that people would go back to the school to find out information about someone. Well, if you've lost all your family records... Yeah. And actually, well, people who are in out-of-home care, the records are really fundamental for finding out who they are, and mm. they're often very challenging mm. records to go back to, but ours aren't so challenging. Right. I hope. So So that would be a common family history type of inquiry. Right. Um, but then we use... We use the records for, to tell stories of, um, well, I guess to engage old girls. So that's, you know, it's fun to come back for a reunion and yeah. see photos of your year yeah. and have a laugh at some of the things that yeah. you were doing. Or So there's something about that history which is helpful for the people who have been here. Yes. Um, in, in terms of reunions and... Mm. What about further afield like what's the importance of keeping records as you said for families yep but what about just generally oh okay so um how can i say skeks we've had lux magazine say going since 1900 yeah and really at the beginning it was very much an old girls focused thing it was probably run by the old girls that did have student material in there as well but just fantastic letters, information from the old girls. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of interesting. So really, there's probably not another equivalent forum for just ordinary women to write and put right. things in. So you might write and tell your family, but yeah. is that preserved? Do you yeah. have a family? And so a lot of our early material is used by um, academics and historians to right. research Australian women's history. So, right. so someone like Frida Dufois, who um, was an early old girl, and she ended up being the first woman to climb Mount Cook in, in 
New Zealand and I think she was the first person to climb um, the second and third peaks and that was in about 1908 or 1909 so it's very early on so people will come if they're interested in the history of Frida Dufois she didn't have children so her letters and records that she did yeah, write right. about so her there's got to be somewhere it is somewhere yeah. so um, and then uh, say with the we've been telling stories about World War One and World War Two lately and that fits in with the curriculum but also that's a, again a good um, Australian history women's history and they might just be very small things but um, Winifred Starling was an old girl and she had a funny hit she was a nurse in World War One mm. but kind of an awkward history actually she'd sort of stopped nursing and then she joined a New Zealand nursing service to go back in one of the boats to New Zealand at the end of World War One. Yeah. And um, but they didn't need her for say a month, so she went on a holiday to Ireland. And um, on her way back from Ireland, the boat she was on was actually sunk by wow. German, you know, U-boats or whatever yeah. they were. Yeah. And so she, we've got a plaque in the chapel in her memory, but it. And we've done, you know, I've done research on her and really tried to find out about. It. But it doesn't look like her sisters had children, or there's anybody yeah. really back into so present times. Yeah. And so we have recorded that, and it's on the New South Wales um, War Memorial Register. Oh, right. And so a few years ago, the consulate in Ireland got in contact with me wow. and said, "Do you know anything about her? Wow. We want to have a service on Anzac Day remembering." Everybody that was connected to Australia who died in World War One. Yeah, right. And so she was commemorated at that. Wow, that's so incredible. So I think we can kind of help maintain these people's memories. Yeah. And um, and it's a bit. Uh, she's a funny one because she's sort of not really properly linked to a service, so she's not memorialised mm. in um, mm. the, the War Memorial down in in Canberra. Canberra. Yeah, so right. It's incredible, isn't it, to think that yeah, once people die yeah uh, where do, where does that memory of that person continue yeah. and I, I'm thinking you know for a lot of people there isn't much history or there it's hard yeah. to find things out about them or things don't get passed down yeah. what why do you think it is important to remember people that way I don't think it's necessarily important for all of us I mean I personally don't care if anybody remembers me, you know, <laughs> apart from my children. Um, but I think when people have given service, mm. they're, they're often an example to others. So to forget that example, yeah. you know, that, um, you know, people are very giving. I'm not thinking necessarily of Winifred Starling, but yeah. other people who've given a lot to the school in time and emotional energy and it's yeah. nice to remember them some people are very famous in their lifetime and other people not so whereas mm. so Frida Dufresne is a classic example of that she she you know was probably reasonably well known mm. but really forgotten about she her she was buried in an unmarked grave at Manly and in recent years particularly the New Zealand community have really wanted to remember her and they have organized for an absolutely lovely headstone oh. that you know with a piece of stone from New Zealand that mm. you know and do want to remember her because yeah. 
she is a role model for future generations. Yeah, right, right. Thinking about remembering people. I think we can make generalisations about the past and just assume things were one way, mm. whereas if you actually do remember people or remember events or places, yeah. that can challenge our thinking about the past. Yeah. And I think that is quite useful too. And when you're talking about you know, women riding in the Lux, and it sounds to me like they might not have had many other avenues mm. in order to um, publish something or to write yeah. something to be known that way yeah. in, in that era. Yeah, exactly. So, so it was probably a good platform for women mm. to, Absolutely. to be recognised in some mm. way. Yeah. What's the, what's the importance, do you think, of, of looking back at these records or looking back at history? Like, say for the school... How do the archives that we have here at school affect what we do now, <laughs> do you think, the history of the school? Um, oh, well, um, in lots of different ways. I'm not saying that the history of our school's incredibly important. I just, you know, just is what it is. But in, there's, you can think about it in practical ways. We're looking at, you know, doing things here at Skeggs in terms of new developments. Well, you... These days you have to be able to do um, site studies and understand what was built when and so that's often something we have to do quite a lot of work in the archives to unpick when bits of the school were built and, yeah. and so that's just a practical example. But I think if you, um, if you want to understand the present, you sometimes need to understand the past. I don't know, when I was growing up, I always felt like history happened somewhere else. You know, World War One, World War Two. it was all over in Europe, it wasn't really here. Yeah, right. And it, you know, really had nothing to do with us and it was very boring in Australia. Well, of course, we know as adults that that's not really the case, that yeah. when things like 9-11 happen, yeah. it affects families so here. It an impact. Yeah. And so, you know, certainly the teachers here say with the history curriculum, will look at, they study the home front in World War One, and so Re Rebecca and the history staff will use some of the material from Skeg. so this is how World mm. War One affected mm. the students like you that are here yeah. now, so they can use that to, to help make them relate a yeah. bit more to... Personalise. Personalise that. And it connects people too, like I know as you say, you do the uniform uh, parades. parades, the old uniforms, and I think the kids love doing that because it, it does connect them with history. Yes, connects them with, and and it's again, I guess, being able to bring those things into the present. It's would you say it's sort of trying to encourage a further connection to the school? Absolutely. So I, that that's a very major reason. I think it all helps with a sense of belonging, that mm. you're part of something bigger and that you're part of the school's history and, you know, what you do matters. Mm. So, and, I, and the other thing I think the history of the school can do is give useful le lessons. I mean, not... But, for instance, the financial crisis in the 70s. And right. The terrible, you know, our history's not perfect. Yeah. And terrible things happen. Yeah. But you can try and work to, yeah. to solve it. Yeah, and to see where you've come from, from I guess, yeah. as yeah. well. Do you think it's important for all schools to have an archivist? <laughs> of course. Well, 
if you think about the Skeggs records, we might not have had an archivist, but Canon Beck, who was you know, your forebear, he, he kept the records, he was the school council secretary, mm. and he clearly, very carefully kept key records. So we have records going back to 1894 when he was keeping the minutes of the of the committee that was trying to set up the school right. and he just carefully put things together then miss wilkinson our second head was terrific at she would um she wrote to old girls and asks them for reminiscences of their time mm. here so mm. for instance she wrote to mary watson our first student um she also organized some of the plaques in the chapel yeah so she pulled together terrific things really for, for our maybe 30th or 35th um, uh, history and um, and then even when we bought Barham so that was in 1900 so the school had been elsewhere beforehand and they purchased Barham and they built the chapel building and in that chapel building they put there's a there's a stone that you know I don't know what you call it when you unveil plaque to say anyway they put a time capsule inside right. that um, that behind that stone and at, at our centenary we, we pulled that out we, right. somebody discovered that it existed from right. a newspaper and they pulled it out and in it it's got the history of skinks Right. So right. already they were proud at five years yeah. of what they'd the achieved. And that was really more from the Anglican Church perspective, mm. that they were proud of this achievement. So I think it's never too early to start. You don't necessarily yeah. have to have an archivist, but you have somebody thinking, what history. are the key things that we need to keep? Yeah, because it is important. I think people, they want to know those stories. So as you say, belonging to something that mm. has, a, has a tradition or has a... Yeah culture what you, what's one of the hardest things about your job do you think well when someone wants something and you think am I going to be able to find it right you know so right um, but you're not searching through boxes and boxes of papers and sometimes <laughs> <laughs> depends how important it is Gary and and that's nothing worse than an absence you know when you think like Jenny might want something and yeah. you just think I just can't find it I don't know whether it ever existed right wow so that can be a bit tricky and so you must be surprised by the things that people are looking for sometimes yes yes so right yeah, so I don't know and well one that really tricked me I thought how am I going to answer this was when Miss Chisholm died who was our third headmistress so she finished up here in about 1977 so right. a long time ago and Rosemary Humphrey asked me, what what um, Bible quote should we put on the plaque in the chapel? Right. I thought, how am I ever going to answer that? <laughs> That's a question for Gary, but eventually it came out. Of, right. You know, looking at the records, she actually quoted something. She did have something. She did oh, have something great. that she clearly meant something to her. That's great. Yeah, so and have you had to digitise a lot of those records? Or is that what you... Would um, you make an effort to do that? Or is it oh, important? I've digitised lots of photographs because right. it's just so much easier to share with that and I've done that really since I've come here for reunions and things and then that's given us a wonderful pool of yeah. records we can use and then last year um, with COVID being a bit quieter and a particular donation that came in I was able to organise for Lux to be digitised mm. and 
I mean, once things are digitised, just your ability to access information yeah. and it just is so much more productive. So um, that was a great yeah. thing to have done, and I also was able to digitise some of our other mag magazines. So I'm feeling like a superwoman this year when people <laughs> ask me questions. Oh, that's good. Though. <laughs> and, and it is. I mean, I've used it a bit. The yeah. the lux trying to find. You know, sometimes I'll hear from old girls. I'll send a message and I, I'll remember the name, but I don't, I'm not sure if I have the right face. Yeah. And so to be able to go back and look in their Year 12 photos and, and match them up, yeah. that's very helpful. Yeah. Very, very helpful. Yeah. What's, what's one of the oldest things we have here at Skeggs? Not in terms of staff, but, <laughs> but what's, what's one of the... Huh. What's one of the precious sort of... Well, maybe not. Well, maybe yeah, it is no, precious. Yeah, the preci well, to me, the most precious things really are the, um, that 1894 minute book yeah. that shows you the thinking behind setting up schemes. Yeah, right. So it has a lot of meaning, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and who was involved and how they went about it. Or, yeah. You know, really phen you know, phenomenal. You know, within a few months, they'd started a school. It's just amazing. So raised money for it. Wow. Um, organised a curriculum, found somewhere to rent. Yeah. Worked out a uniform, you know, everything that you need to go into a school uniform, but with no direction from anywhere like a department of education. They just had to do it just from first principles. And do you have that as a story somewhere? Like, do you have that... If people want to say, how did... People want to ask, sorry, how did, how did Skeggs begin... Could you give them something which goes, this is it? <laughs> um, I've, I've done an article on it right. a few years ago. And last year with, um, you know, people working from home and different people having different, you know, levels of work that they could do, one of their general office staff um, transcribed it right. for me. So, and then, of course, we've got really the school minutes going back from 1895 too. So that's... Right. Quite a wonderful collection, and the school magazines. So they're, yeah. I mean, they're not, and then just some wonderful photo albums. So Miss uh, Wilkinson, that second head again, who was interested in the history, she organised one of the sports teachers to keep a photo album. So for the first fifty years, we've got about two hundred photos in this album. Mm -hmm. I think that's all we really need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's wonderful too. when we have. Because yeah. it's been really well selected and yeah. curated. Yeah, wow. And so it's all preserved here at yeah, school? Yeah, it's all preserved here. and That's all been digitised. And, wow. And we use those regularly. Well, that's great. Mm. Good so on you. I know that you go on archivist conferences. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's the future of archiving? Well, funny <laughs> you should ask, Gary. It's very challenging. We live in very interesting times. Right. Because, you know, record keeping's become more important. But yeah. it's um, a tricky time because we're going digital. And so with our Canon Beck's um, records, yeah. he could put those in a box and they're still fine in 100 years. But you can't do that with digital records. You've got to be constantly um, thinking about them. So, you know, only last week we were looking for some correspondence that mm. dated back to the, the 1990s. Well... It's not in a Word document, it's in a Word Perfect document, and that has to be migrated across. Right, right. And, you know, how do you find it in amongst the thousands yeah, of files yeah. that might have been generated by this person? Right. And so I think for many institutions, um, 
giving them backup is not a solution. Backup is not an archive. You, right. We don't want to keep everything. We yeah. just want to keep key things. Yeah. And so, but once you work out what you want to keep, somebody's got to be trusted to keep it. Yeah, right. Because it could be very confidential. Or, yeah. Um, or else, say, with our student database, we mi we migrate the student information across. Mm -hmm. It's become the archival record, so we have to migrate that data across. Right. Because it's inevitable that yeah. those databases will become obsolete. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, and so it's something, it's uh, I guess, when you got into it, you didn't necessarily no, think you'd not. be going no, down this no, track. No. And, you know, the fact that things are in email format rather than, mm. you know, in correspondence files that they yeah. have once been. So, you you know, how do you capture that or do you need to capture it? So Yeah, what's yeah, important? So so, yes, yeah, so they've got a lot of things to think about at the lot archives of, conference. Lot of, <laughs> and, and strangely that, you know, the Royal Commission into, you know, institutional responses in, to childcare, but, uh, unexpectedly that had a big record-keeping aspect to it, huge. Right. So that was a very... I don't think they expected that to come out of it, but it did. Mm, wow. Yeah, it's so important, isn't it? Like we don't, I don't think we realise how important... But not just keeping the records, it's... Finding the records, yeah, and that's right. Where you know, where you're going to locate them, and where you should put them in order to be easily yeah. located. Yeah. It's a massive thing. Yeah. So it's libraries and archives are similar in that when you go to a library, there are you know literally thousands and thousands of books, and you mm -hmm. might want to know something on a particular topic, and you can go to a library catalogue, and you know if that library has that topic, it will yeah. come up. That's what librarians do and make information accessible. And yeah. that's what we have to do in archives as well, that we have to have a catalogue that helps you yeah. find that kind of information when you need it. But yeah. it's not quite as straightforward as a library. No, no it sounds very, <laughs> very <laughs> complex. Good on you. And do you enjoy it? Do you oh, enjoy what you do? Oh, I feel like I'm the luckiest person at skiing. Really? What's it, what do you oh, enjoy most about it? I just, you know, it's always stimulating. Every day is different. Um, it suits me. I, you know, I, I'm full of admiration for the teachers and I love working with the kids, but I couldn't do that job. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, no, I, I find it really interesting. And, I, you know, I think education is such a worthwhile thing and... The history of education is interesting, mm. so that's you know that has its own interest as well. Yeah. Our schools have you know schools have evolved massively in the last yeah. hundred years. And yeah. So to be able to tell some of those stories and I don't know, just it just suits me, Gary. Yeah, and right. It's not too stressful <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> that's good. Well, thanks very much, Prue. Thank you, Gary. And if anyone out there is wanting to find out more about the history of the school and or yeah they, they want to if they've been thinking for ages i wonder how this happened or whatever it might be you're the person to ask that's right and i'd love to hear from them you'd love to hear from them yes. you love sharing that history yeah, very happy happy to talk good on you thank you Gary. thanks prue thanks for spending the time with us and thanks for listening everybody i hope that you're all doing well if you've got more questions for me or for prue about any of this please contact us straight away we do hope you're well and take care. Bye.